Hello everyone. Thank you for coming to Ignorant Wisdom for the third episode. I thank you for hanging in there and still listening. I really appreciate that. So for this third episode, I was thinking about what aspect of my motherhood memoir, Ignorant Wisdom, that I wanted to discuss today. And I was thinking about um, my whole career and my dreams, my starting dreams. When I was younger, I always wanted to be a writer. I enjoyed um, writing. I always enjoyed writing in school. And um, my most favorite book early on was uh, Beverly Cleary Ramona series. I loved Ramona. And I made sure I would get the new book every time a new one came out. I read them. I loved to read. Um, I did a little Judy Bloom and some others at the time. I also, believe it or not, my father loved to read. And he had a whole Stephen King collection. And he would keep it in the den where he had a tall bookshelf. Um, I remember at eight and nine years old, I would go in there and I would get a book and I would read it. And so I ended up reading a couple of Stephen King books at a very young age. Um, so I was pretty advanced. Um, I, I read uh, Pet Cemetery, and I read, um, oh my goodness, Pet Cemetery. oh, It. I read It, and um, later on, much later, um, I read another one that I can't think of the name, another one that's, he didn't make a movie out of it, but it's a pretty popular book. And uh, I don't think my father knew I was reading them because I didn't think I was allowed. Uh, and it's funny because I hated scary movies and scary TV, but I didn't have a problem reading scary books. But I need to reread them because I don't even, I barely remember like some of it, but I barely remember like I talk with people who've read Stephen King. I can't really associate like some things may click in my mind as far as what happened in the book versus the movie or the series, but I don't really remember that too much. So. But anyway, I love to read and it didn't occur to me that writing could be my career until a teacher asked me about it because she saw me writing for school. She told me I was really talented and, um, and I was like, oh wow, I can make that my job. That's cool. I'll be a writer. I remember the first thing I went home and I wrote on a bunch of notebook paper was a scary story as a gift for my dad on Father's Day. I made chapters and everything, and I remember him and my mom looking so shocked when I gave it to them. They were like, this is uh, really good. This is an actual story. <laughs> and um, and then I wrote uh, a book for my brothers. It was They loved Ghostbusters at the time, and so I made like a book. A book almost like a continuation of um of the movies uh and and i and i na named it busting is no joke i can't believe i still remember this but um i named it busting is no joke and it was just about a kid trying to become a ghostbuster and joining in 
But they loved it so much. And they said, my brother Brad, because I have two brothers under me. He's the one that's right after me. Was like, wow, you are a good writer. And I was so surprised because they never complimented me. You know, they were typical brothers. They were just, uh, you know, make fun of me or mess with me or whatever. But we've been, we've been mess with each other. I should be fair. I was kind of mean too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, um, changed in high school to really being wanting to be focused on journalism because I ended up joining the school newspaper and then my freshman year. And then I stayed on all the way until I ended up becoming an editor. And I liked that a lot. And so, and I figured that writing or becoming a writer would be hard, would be a lot harder. I was like, I would, I was see so much, having to write so much. And I did take creative writing and, and I figured, you know, it takes a lot of patience and people coming for your stuff. And so, you know, having to sell your book, sell your, your writing is what I'm trying to say. And so I switched that to journalism and that pretty much was something I was dedicated to doing. I went to Columbia College in Chicago and I studied journalism, pregnant with my first son, Montreal, the whole time I was there. I said I was gonna take the next semester off, I was gonna have him, I was gonna get situated and then go back, and that is exactly what I did. And um, I had different babysitters. I had my mom babysit, and then I found a daycare when I moved to Chicago, and I got my own apartment. I found a home daycare of this older black woman. It was a longer ride, but it made me feel more safe than the ones that were near me. So I would get up. I lived like on the northwest side. I would travel all the way to the south side because that's where his daycare was. And then I would travel all the way to school. And sometimes if I woke up late being 6 a.m., that was late. That would be like, I know I'm going to be really late for class. So I would bring him to school sometimes with me. And he was, he was good kid. He was good. I was, I was nursing him and sometimes he would sleep and the teachers didn't have a problem. I only did it a couple times. And so they understood, I guess. So I then transferred I transferred to the University of Memphis after visiting a friend in Memphis, Tennessee. One, I love the weather. It was, I went, I came out there and it was snowing out here. And then when I went out there, it was, it felt like summertime. So that was beautiful. I hate the weather. And I really believe it's tied also to my moods as I learn more about seasonal depression because I do I do have a harder time and so living somewhere where the winter lasts a lot longer is a struggle for me but um it was the weather it was prices she was talking about how cheap rent was I mean big places out there were the same rent as uh how much I was paying for as a roommate in Chicago and so I was like you know what 
one day I'm gonna come back here and I'm gonna transfer well I'm wanting to get it away from having issues with my family having issues with my child's dad I just wanted freedom I wanted space and that's what I met my husband and Xavier around that time I was making my plans we hit it off really well. We were dating. He was really sweet to Montreal. He would buy him things all the time. I would make a joke that regular dates would bring their dates flowers, but he would bring me diapers. <laughs> so that was funny. Um, I would probably I'm probably gonna go more in detail about our, my husband and my husband's relationship later, but I went from there to transferring to the University of Memphis and he ended up coming with me. We got situated. We came back home to Illinois during my spring break to get married and went back. But I also studied journalism there. So I finished school eventually. Not at the University of Memphis, but I, I finished school online eventually. I mean, I, we were dealing with a lot of stuff. I was having a lot of kids. I'm going to go back talking about that as well. Um, go more in detail about uh, our how we basically made it out there <clears throat> with a lot of help and a lot of naivety, naive, naive, being naive, naivety. I don't know how you would say that. Um, but what I'm getting at in this episode <laughs> was I, NaNoWriMo brought me back to writing books, which is National Novel Writing Month. And it is a challenge where you write 50,000 words in one month. And I had a dream that about the premise of a book I wanted to write, but I didn't get around to it. And it was very spiritual and it was a young adult book and it had um, spiritual undertones, but it wasn't supposed to be like a, a, only a Christian book or only a book you would read at church because it was more real and I wanted it to be more um, of the atmosphere of what actually is happening um, you know, with teenagers in um, the hood and a girl who has a dream and she is trying to be successful and as a singer, but she, she, she can't get a melody out of her mind. And when she matches the melody up to the song she's never heard before, it is a gospel song and she, she, her and her sister are orphaned. Their mother had recently died. They didn't know their father. And so um, that was the first book I wrote. And it was called Out of the Mary Clay. And so that made me excited. I also wrote a lot of articles <clears throat> freelanced around the, along the way. Um, I was published in Grace Magazine in, in Memphis, Tennessee, and it was basically a magazine that was published all over the Mid-South. I did an internship with Grace Magazine, and so it was available in stores in Mississippi, in, uh, I believe, uh, Memphis, Mississippi, Arkansas. I was going to say, I believe, St. Louis, but I'm not sure. And um, that was like my first publishing opportunity. I bought like a ton. I mailed them all out. Um, I then, one of the times that I moved back home, because I did it a few times, um, in Woodstock, Illinois, I ended up becoming a columnist for a small newspaper, the Woodstock Independent. Um, I got published in an actual medical journal, but it wasn't like, it was like a student medical journal. 
it was like a subset of JAMA, but it was just like um, articles. And I wrote about um, miscarriage. One was about miscarriage. And I believe the second was about health and pregnancy. I'd have to go dig it out because I still have all of them saved. Um, I got a, I did a lot of online work, Yahoo articles. Um, I worked with Yahoo for a while. Um, another website um, I wrote a lot of articles for. So um, yeah, it was good. And so. When I was in Memphis, I began to do, after having my twins, I began to do volunteer work. I breastfed all of my kids and I had them and I had problems and issues and my birth stories are absolutely insane. And I will get to that in the future episodes as well. Each one, I had crazy, crazy experiences that I detail in my book as well. And, um, and breastfeeding i breastfed all of them but i had to really be stubborn i had to really be determined because there were a lot of roadblocks in my way for that and after i had my twins weaned my twins i ended up finding out about a coalition out there where they were helping more moms breastfeed and i ended up finding out that the infant mortality was extremely high out there especially for black babies um, they said it was comparable to third world countries at that time. So I began to do volunteer work and for the coalition. And I would go out to community centers and just talk about my experiences, things I've learned. I, um, I also did a lot of um, education, um, uh, a lot of professional development in that area. Um, just things they I would find or they would send me to. And then they eventually pay for me to receive my certified lactation counselor certificate, which was amazing. Um, they, they really wanted to get behind all the work I've been doing and my experience and the fact that um, I was black and I breastfed all my children. I had seven and I had a unique story. And so I could really do more with that certificate. So I ended up becoming a certified lactation counselor. And I held on to that for a while. And at the same time, I was still trying to write, still trying to freelance, but it was getting harder as technology was developing, as smartphones were um, developing, more people could do more things. And news was becoming more and more sensational. And it was harder for me because my ultimate goal was to try and get on um, staff at like a regular newspaper or regular magazine but it was but I, that wouldn't get hired and I did do a freelance for the commercial appeal I did an article and I was published in the commercial appeal which is the main paper in Memphis Tennessee but I couldn't get on staff there until um it was hard for me to let it go because it always was my original dream but what really was the sign for me to just put writing in the rear view and just retire from it. Um, I also wrote a sequel to Out of My Reclay and I self-published both those books. Out of My Reclay did a little bit better. 
Um, but I mean, I didn't do amazing on those books. I, um, I did get like a lot of really good reviews when I posted them and when I posted the book in like a, um, book kind of sharing site and I got really good reviews, but I wasn't getting paid off those books, but I did do a sequel to Out of Marnie Clay. But, um, it's when it was funny, it was at a church and they were looking for writers for their newsletter. And so I joined in just as something to do. It wasn't like something I was staking my life on. Um, just wanting to volunteer. Um, I like doing work for church. You know, me and my family, we, um, I have a really good Christian foundation with my, my children. I've always taught them about God since they were very young. Jesus taking them to church, reading them Bible stories. So going to church and volunteering at the church is always very important to me. So I'll go to the meeting to sign up and signed up and I told them my experience and they were impressed and they gave me a couple assignments for it and I wrote them out and I thought I did great. I really put in all my chops. I said I was going to, I wasn't going to half do it. I was going to put all my work into it and really just let them know that I'm willing to help out and they can't reject it <laughs> and the first time they didn't even tell me so the newsletter comes out and I'm looking for it and it's not in there and the lady uh, was kind of avoiding me so I was just like okay I'm not gonna make a, a big deal about it so then another um, woman who's in charge on the staff asked me to write something else so I did I did the same thing. I really poured my heart into it. And uh, she gave it back to me and was like, uh, can you change this? And at that time, I had lost my uh, jump drive that it was on. So um, I would have to like really rewrite it from the beginning. Plus, um, she was kind of really snippy about it. And I always had like kind of vibes about her anyway, about how she felt about me. I don't think she... She really liked me. Um, I don't know why, but I don't think that she did. So that's when I figured, you know what? This is a sign. This is a sign from God because a whole church don't want to publish my writing the way I write it. Um, I think it's time to just let it go. And so that was it. After that, that was the, the cutoff point. I was done. And I decided I was going to pour myself into helping with breastfeeding and eventually a woman who was a doula came to me and told me I would be a great doula. And so eventually I, uh, I began to, to look into doula work, postpartum work at first. Now, let me tell you something that's funny about all of this. One of my first jobs when I moved into Memphis was through AmeriCorps. And AmeriCorps is like a, a government job where they pay you a stipend. They call it volunteer, but they do pay you. And that stipend especially living in Memphis was was pretty good. It was actually helping pay the rent and bills. So it felt like a job to me, even though they were calling us volunteers. And it was at Porter Leith Children's Center. And this was back when my third child was a baby. And um, he, I was breastfeeding, breastfeeding him, Adam. And it was a very flexible job as well. And what it was was we would do home visits and they gave us um, breastfeeding training. It was kind of a small breastfeeding training, but they gave us breastfeeding training. And I got to talk a lot about my experiences there. 
and they talk, we talked about birth and uh, postpartum and, and things like that. And we made home visits for teen moms in Memphis and uh, speaking with them and helping them and answering their questions. And um, there was like two components. There was the maternal infant health outreach worker. And then there was the preschool component if uh, for mothers who have preschool children, um, teaching them the importance of reading to their kids, being their first teacher before they go to school, preparing them. And so I enjoyed that job so much. But I did my one year service there. And um, and then I kind of moved on from that. So when I went back to doula work and um, breastfeeding, I realized being a postpartum doula was very similar to what I already was doing. And, um, and I had that experience there. And so uh, that kind of really like was definite confirmation for me that, you know what, this is something that I want to be doing. This is something I'm going to focus my new aspirations toward, my new career toward, um, because I remember doing it before. I remember enjoying it. I like the volunteer work I'm currently doing. And the and then the best was at Regional One Medical Center. They actually created a whole position for me because they said they had no one come up and um, offer their services as a breastfeeding peer counselor, but they needed it. And also at the time they were trying to go baby friendly and they said they needed the help. So I worked under lactation consultants, nurse lactation consultants, and um, on the labor and delivery and NICU. And they would, at first they would follow me to the rooms after they would give birth. I would help answer their questions, help latch the baby on. But the, the nurse lactation consultants told me that I did so well and they were so overwhelmed that it got to the point where I would walk in, they would hand the chart to me and of all the people that needed to be seen and let me be. And I really enjoyed that. And I swear I would probably still be there if it wasn't for issues we were having and needing to move and a lot of stuff that I'm probably going to touch on also in the future. So as you can see, I have plenty of um, of uh, stories and things to get to and that I've already written in the book that um, just to discuss in this podcast. So, you know, stick with me. And um, as you can see, each podcast is getting longer and longer. <laughs> but um, I really don't, I'm not going to really put a definite time on what I do and what, what I speak on. I just want to just talk about my life and my experiences. So um, I think the next one, I'm, I might go a little bit further into my what I did and my clients and things like that, balancing things with my children. Um, especially I had three one at one time under the age of two because my twins and my son were all so close in age. And um, it didn't let stop me. And even though we were going through a lot of hard, times at the time as well and I'm glad I'm glad that it didn't I didn't just ball up and you know focus on the problems but um, I also did things for myself by helping others was something that not only helped people but also helped me and and I eventually found my career in doing it and 
jobs doing what I loved. But I've come full circle and here I am writing again. And it's been so long uh, writing this memoir. It's been so long writing. And this, this experience has been interesting. So thank you for sticking it out with me. And have a wonderful day. Hi, I wanted to add to the current episode of what I did then, what I do now. I totally forgot to talk about how I became a lactation consultant. So I spoke about being a certified lactation counselor and how the Shelby County Coalition in Memphis paid for me to receive that. It was a one week course and then a test. And um, I took it very seriously. And I remember my husband helping me study for that test. And I was very proud of being a CLC. And I actually got it renewed after three years. And so um, the second of my CLC is actually not going to be up until this June. But I ended up becoming a lactation consultant this year, 2020. And I'm so happy because it was something that I was back and forth on because I know the lactation consultant is the highest you can be and it it takes college courses and um, hours working with moms and babies and so when I spoke about working at the hospital region one medical center helping the labor and delivery and NICU um, a lot of those hours that began my interest in eventually becoming a lactation consultant so from three years from there was when I ended up actually two and a half years is when I ended up doing the application for it but I actually had was trying to do it earlier because I had the hours and things, but then I found out one of my classes that I had taken wasn't what was required. It was, I was using my human sexuality class. Um, uh, it was uh, human body, human sexuality for the the human body requirement, but they said that it, because it was a subset, they wanted the full class, so I had to wait to be able to afford that. Plus, I also had to wait because the test is really expensive. And I was trying to catch the scholarships that they said that you could fill out for. But every time I did, I, it either was um, too late or I didn't hear back. So um, last year, um, during my income tax refund, I decided I was just going to go ahead and undo it. I had everything together. I made sure I went through everything in my checklist. Um, I give a lot of credit to Marie Biancuzo for her uh, Born to be Breastfeed um, um, podcast and um, her study materials and preparation materials. Uh, and so I was so excited when I found out that after I paid, I was accepted to take the test. Sometimes you're chosen to be audited, which I had everything, but as you know, it's just one less step that I needed to end up having to do and scan everything and send everything in so um i was accepted and then began my studying which was a huge thing um and this is something that all happened really recently so i haven't gotten even to it writing about it in my memoir yet i'm um, on chapter 26 and so i haven't gotten to it um but it was interesting i had you know was trying to get the books, but I need to get them used because the books were so expensive. And then I was worried that they might be outdated. 
Um, again, Marie Buncuzo, she had a great list of things that you should study for. It was like a nice outline that helped me a lot. I was checking things off on that outline. I was reading and reading. It got to a point as it got closer to the test where I was studying at least two hours every day, um, listening to podcasts and things like that. And I just kept confessing scripture and praying. And um, I, I remember it's still uh, on my phone, a screensaver of a scripture. And it was, um, God is with you. She, God is with her. She will not fail. And I was taking that literally, literally like I will not fail this test. But praise God, um, December, uh, the packet came in. And I took the test in October, so that was quite a wait. And um, the, the test came in, and I found out I, was a, I am a lactation consultant now. And so now I'm trying to work for Rush Hospital. I applied there. But because of the coronavirus, things have really slowed down. Um, and so I'm grateful that they that they didn't hire me right away like I was expecting because um, I was waiting for a few weeks, but it still said that my application was pending. And I called Human Resources and they were saying that um, you only you only have to check online. So they don't they don't tell you anything on things. So online it kept saying pending. But I, I thank God because if I would have gotten hired when I wanted to, then I probably would have had all types of issues when the coronavirus hit. So I know that um, God's timing is, is the best timing. And so I'm just waiting for either that or something else to come up for me to put this lactation news uh, certification to use. And um, hopefully this will give me a, a really good career that I love. I'm hoping to go back to doing hospital work because that's what I love doing the most as far as breast, the breastfeeding helping aspect. Okay, thanks. Um, sorry I didn't remember to add this on, but thank you for coming back to finish. Okay, hi. One more thing I wanted to add about how I became a doula. So I'm glad that I'm actually doing these in segments. So if someone specifically wants to know about how I became a lactation consultant, they can just click on that segment. And if they want to find out how to become a doula, certified doula, you can just click on this segment. So I am a certified birth and postpartum doula now. I got it through Doula Training International. And I chose them only because they were offering a scholarship uh, for um, marginalized communities, women of color. They also have an LGBTQ plus scholarship as well. And I liked that. And of course, <laughs> I always try and look for scholarships or ways that I can be successful and still afford it. Um, of course, being a mother of seven, it's money is always tight. Um, and I noticed other doula certifications were pretty expensive. So I went through doula training international and, um, they approved me for the scholarship, which was a wonderful blessing. And also they said they were coming to Chicago, so I didn't have to travel and they didn't have online scholarships available. And so that was perfect. And they said they just needed more people to sign up and then they will have, um, classes in Chicago and so that was perfect timing and enough people did sign up 
And so I met for a week every day for the doula training class. And before that, I had been practicing doula work without being certified um, for a while now. I was doing postpartum work through um, Birthways uh, Agency. And um, they did their own training. And they said certification wasn't necessary. It really isn't necessary for any doulas. Um, but a lot of organizations would rather you be certified. So that's when I started looking into certification um, because I wanted to do um, Chicago Volunteer Doulas uh, because these uh, organizations out here in Chicago that pay you all pretty much uh, service um, the high middle class uh, communities. And I wanted to do doula work also in helping uh, marginalized communities as well. And so I wanted to volunteer and do that. And you had to be certified. Um, and then also I figured um, being certified would help broaden my opportunities in the future as well. So after the one-week class, we had nine months to um, do all of the requirements. We had to do uh, three vaginal um, births. Um, I think it was we had to be do five births and three had to be vaginal and we had to do at least three postpartum which was easy because I still was working at the agency so I got those postpartums knocked out the um, births were a little bit harder but once I got in with Chicago volunteer doulas um, they said that I could get in once I finished my class and I was in the process of being certified I just had to show proof that I was in the process of being certified they let me in and so I was able to use my volunteer births towards that. I also had to read some very good, enlightening books. I wish I remembered the titles now, but I don't. Um, but they were really good. I think I had to read six of those and write about each one. So that was a good experience. Um, what else did I need to do? Um, postpartum, the births, the books. Oh, um, you also had to write about, we had to write about your births, um, yeah, answer some questions, your experiences, um, yeah, and, uh, I believe there was something else that I can't think of right now, but if you look it, look it up, the Doula Training International, they, they would have the, uh, the requirements there, um, but also, I do want to say that Dona and DTI, though, are um, the ones that they, uh, they, they're seen as, you know, more white organizations started by white women. And so um, I, I like to um, talk about the smaller doula agencies as well. If you're interested in being a doula, contact Shafia Monroe. Um, a black woman um, this is work that started with us uh, black people and the granny midwives if you look into them how uh, black people couldn't get service in the hospital they couldn't be trusted with healthcare providers and so this is something that started with us and if it wasn't for the scholarship I probably would have looked into something more um, black oriented more historical for my race uh, and historical context 
and um, and as I recently last month uh, we spoke at the Senate office me and a few other organizations Chicago volunteer duels was there um, because they are drafting a bill for Medicaid to pay for doulas. And so we wanted to make sure that, one, that Medicaid paid doulas enough because we put in a lot of hard work. Um, and we shouldn't just have to do this volunteer for someone in a marginalized community to get the help they need. Um, they shouldn't have to rely on someone willing to volunteer. Um, but the Medicaid should be able to pay us enough where uh, we can still make a living. And then, most importantly, that they uh, include um, doula agencies from all over, not just the ones that are based uh, in the, you know, by white people or started by white people um, and based in privileged. And so we did speak on behalf of that. And so um, hopefully the, the bill will be changed and updated and will be better and that it will get passed. So that is how I became a certified doula and um, I would say to someone who wants to just get started becoming a doula you don't have to wait to be certified. Um, you can go out and be a doula. Um, I would suggest some kind of training um, just as I started in the uh, agency you gave me training. Find some kind of training as far as, um, you know, for postpartum, it would be, you know, different ways to help babies with gas, helping uh, babies rest, helping moms with their questions, um, things like that. Where to refer mothers if, if it's out of your expertise. Um, and then uh, as far as birth doulas, different uh, ways to help a mom in labor, all the different variety of um, birth trainings, um, breathing, uh, there's so many different ones now, Lamaze, hypnobirthing, I tend to just learn about all of them and then incorporate them together with what fits my client, what, what they feel would work best for them. So I could have like a big thing to pull from because, um, if you're only training just Lamaze, you, you know, you won't be able to, uh, help a mom who, don't want to breathe in that way or don't want to do certain things that way. A mother who may want to meditate, hypnobirthing will help. Um, and then there's other ones as well I can't think of right now. And then the positioning, um, the different positioning when a mother's in labor, um, the different things you can try uh, to help speed up labor, um, to help the mother push uh, correctly if she's having difficulty. All of that is important. So, um, you know, it's not like you just show up and, and you're there. There are things that you do need to know. But full certification is uh, not required. Um, it's not like a law where you have to be certified. Uh, but I would say uh, get some kind of training. And if you want to uh, broaden your horizon, eventually get uh, certified.